welcome to the FE Research Podcast with Joe and Alistair, a podcast that aims to shine a light on the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education. Writing, poetry, photography, going on walks and taking photographs and you know all of that fundamentally is creativity and you might be sub- like unconsciously doing it or unconsciously doing it to support your mental well-being but it does help. Welcome to the FE Research Podcast. My name is Joe Fletcher Saxon, and my uh, partner in podcasting crimes <laughs> is uh, Alistair Smith. Your PB, your podcasting buddy, as you said the other day. Yeah. How How are you, Alistair? Very good, Joe. You? Yeah. You're at the end of term. I'm not yet. I've got another oh, day. I'm lucky enough to have finished today, but I was so relaxed on the sofa, I almost forgot to pick my daughter up from school. So <laughs> it's not yeah. all good. <laughs> Poor child, poor child. Okay, so here we are, end of term, and our special guest today, it's Jennifer Linsdale. Hello, Jen. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. And are you at the end of term? Yeah, you've broken up now. I broke up on Friday because we get a week of toil off doing like extra activities outside of work. So we finished a week earlier. Ah, look at you, look at you. Okay, so for people listening then, um, and you know I call you Jen, do other people, is that just me? No, everyone calls me Jen. Oh, that's okay. So Jen is Assistant Head of Arts at a sixth form college in the Midlands and she um, oversees the BTEC provision, is that right, in that particular role? Yeah. And teaches on art and graphics and all sorts of exciting stuff like that. But what she's come to talk to us about today is um, her master's research around art and staff well-being is that right yes yes in some broad sense yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay which is really exciting we haven't had enough creative stuff have we Alastair not enough not enough no nowhere near enough (laughs) Uh, so okay then so well you know let's get cracking tell us about your research then so my research um, kind of focuses around exactly what you said, art and staff well-being. Um, kind of going into my master's like two years ago, I really just wanted to focus on um, looking at how we help students in the first sense, just because I really felt like over, you know, the last, like really my first two years in teaching, including my PGCE year, I just kind of felt a little bit like students aren't supported in the way that they should be. And there's a lot of big gaps in that kind of area. Um, But what I found kind of going through my first year in my master's was that actually I had a really solid kind of belief that, you know, we can do a lot to help our students. There's so many things you can do to help mental health with our students. But ultimately, I don't feel like we can properly help our students if we're not helping the staff because it's the staff that they go to and it's the staff that they have these conversations with. And if you can't support them properly as a member of staff, how do you then in turn ensure that they make genuine change with their mental wellbeing? So um, that's kind of how it started out. And it was just around how in a really general sense, we can use art and creativity to support the mental wellbeing of staff and students. Um, It's now kind of growing into something a lot bigger, I think. Um, So the project that I'm doing at the moment is my final project on my MA. It's kind of like my dissertation, I guess you could call it, Um, which focuses around personal stories of staff and education and how mental health has impacted them. Um, What I'm hoping for is it's going to form a basis of evidence 
to show why we need to make genuine change in education not only in regards to mental health as a thing but also in regards to our education and how important that is to support mental well-being um so it's kind of become quite a focus around um my final project title which is one person can change the world just around the fact that how such small research and things like that can allow us to have the mental emotional capacity to be able to research and education and make continuous and consistent genuine change mm, okay well tell us that title again one person can change the world one person can change the world okay um so um i have heard you talk a little bit about this before and i know i've seen some of the lovely resources but do you explain to um everyone listening um, how you went about rolling out this project and then how you gathered in effect the data the information back from the staff about you know the impact it was having so um staff took part in a three-week study um, so I started it out as a three-week study it was just an option kind of thing I just sent an email out around to all the staff in my institution um, I did keep it as an institution-based research project just as like a starting point to see whether any help if like it was successful I guess um, so the main data that I received was numerical data I used something called the Warwickshire Edinburgh Mental Wellbeing Scale um, which is a collection of 14 positive statements um, that gives you an overall score of your mental well-being. Um, so they have positive statements within there, such as I've been feeling useful or I've been feeling relaxed. And you measure yourself as none of the time up to all of the time. And there's five different statements in between that. So if you say none of the time, your point score is one for that statement. If you say all of the time, it's five. You add these 14 up and you get a score. So you can get like 43, 44. Um, so staff measured themselves on that so that I had a point score of each member of staff um, at the beginning and then they repeated that at the end of the study. Now throughout the study, so like that middle part, was um, them just filling out a booklet that I'd made of art therapy techniques. Um, these were things like drawing yourself as a superhero or writing a postcard that you'll never send, which allow you as art therapy techniques to process specific emotions while you're kind of doing the drawing or the illustration or whatever you want to do um so yeah so they did them every day for uh three weeks they i kind of promoted it i tried to push it as like an evening task um so you get to the end of the day you felt all these different emotions you've had a good day you've had a bad day whatever you've had and you kind of train yourself in some way to illustrate that or to learn how to process those emotions by putting them down onto a piece of paper Specifically for me, it was through the illustration art therapy side of things, um, just because that is my background and my MA is a title as Arts and Education Practices. Um, so they did the questionnaire at the beginning of the end and I compared their results. Um, the University of Warwickshire, who produced this mental wellbeing scale, state that a meaningful change in your mental wellbeing is three points or above. Um, in terms of like data that I received, every member of staff that took part went changed their mental well-being by at least three points some of them went up to like 15 points um so there's like a huge impact on that um in terms of like the illustrations and stuff i didn't really use them as data i produced a book with all of them in just for people that had like had an interest in looking for them but primarily it was about this numerical change um 
a numerical data so I could measure it in terms of how much meaningful change took place across a three week period. And then you can start to consider, okay, so what happens if they did it over two months? What happens if they did it over three months? And how much change would then happen at that point? So did, did you do Did you have any conversations with it? Were there any sort of interviews, any qualitative sort of side to this? No, no, not in that particular study. No, just around. I really just wanted it to be like, fundamentally, this was about them, like just them. I don't want I didn't want that study to be jaded by their personal experiences or what was going on in their personal lives at that moment of time. It was around how they could make their own personal change and I thought that was the most important thing because we all have or we all react to mental health in different ways like people get stressed and can be quite emotive or people go like into themselves and become like a shell and um, there's so many different ways so it was about how they learn on a personal level to deal with that change and to deal with their mental health on a day-to-day -day basis and how art can be used in a really simple form to make positive change within that um that kind of the kind of interview side of things is what I'm doing now in the project I'm doing at the moment. Um, so I've interviewed, I think it worked out, it was like 25 members of staff from primary, secondary, higher ed, further ed, um, all over the UK, people who had been in education systems in different countries, um, around their personal experiences. Um, and they're going into a book or a publication um, of everyone's personal experiences. It's literally just like a storybook. Um, of their personal kind of impacts of mental health within education but also how their personal lives has impacted them in education and what support they may or may not have got as members of staff and what impact that line had on their teaching and their learning and assessment. So it's grown then so you did your, your small project and then that's sort of blossomed into It's kind of gone a bit wild. So thinking about the how many people, how many staff were involved then in that in your three week study? The three week study had 15 members of staff involved. Right. And when they, when you got to the end, what kind of things were they saying to you? Did they like, did they, had they enjoyed it, have they? Yeah, so. Part of your data, but I just wondered what the conversations were because I work in a sixth form as well and certainly there's never anything like that happening, you know. So. Yeah, so some people, um, a couple of people not on like a negative side but in terms of like constructive feedback i guess felt that some of the techniques and some of the things that you're asking them to illustrate for the postcard for example that asked you to kind of write a postcard you're never going to send um you're asking someone to put down on a piece of paper something really really personal and some people just didn't feel like they were ready to maybe deal with those emotions um so what you see in the pdf which of course i can send to anyone um is some of the pages are blank because people just didn't want to do them mm. um so i never kind of enforced every single art therapy technique so some people actually stopped the study about halfway through just because they felt that not in like a negative sense but it was bringing up a lot of emotions they weren't maybe necessarily ready to deal with mm. at that moment in time um but on the other side of that um one that really just kind of stands out to me was um one of the teachers who really wanted to take part but was really really adamant that she didn't want anyone to know that she taken part in yeah. this thing because she was really conscious of what people would perceive her as with mental health issues um but she said at the end of it like it became like 
something that she was excited to do because it was what it was what she started to use as like her switch so she'd get home and she'd do this illustration and she'd feel like she could turn off her work brain and go into like evening mode and not think about work or she had like processed those emotions um and it became like a really important part of her life i mean there's a couple of people that um kind of came to me afterwards and I was like I really want to keep doing this because it's really helping Um, and there is a book called 365 days of art there's also a 365 days of creativity um, that quite a few people ended up buying it was just a book that I knew that was on Amazon um, to continue and to be able to do this because it just became such a natural part of your day and a lot of people's feedback was around actually you know that kind of concept of processing your emotions of an evening and then waking up the next morning and you're like it's a new day and you're not following on with all these emotions from different days and you're not waking up still feeling rubbish about a bad day before you're like spending the evening processing that emotion and that day and whatever happened and thinking about it and coming to terms with it and then you're kind of like putting that in its box and then the next day you get to wake up fresh and new and be able to process a new set of emotions and you're using the art and you're using these techniques to be able to do that whether it's like one particular thing that happened in a day that's really stuck in your mind and you illustrate that or you draw that or you kind of think about that um in whatever capacity capacity that you need to um you've processed it and then you get to start fresh the next day it's like closing the chapter and then reopening the book so a, a really quite a useful tool for some yeah yeah um i think we've mentioned grayson's art school on this podcast a few times funnily enough but i mean i think that's the kind of thing that some people got out of that that weekly task of responding to a theme you know during lockdown um it's funny you should say that about you know the postcard um writing the postcard you never send and people said what that it was a bit it was just quite hard i mean it was one person in particular and i think you know, you, I, as kind of feedback on myself, I guess, I didn't really consider what personal attributes might impact people's ability to take part in the study. Right. Um, and her point of view was, I'd got to that page and I was thinking about this postcard and you're, you're like four days into this, like it's quite a early on thing, like to get full on, really straight out. That, that's, that was her tip. Because that is not where I went with the write the postcard you never you'll never send. I didn't go there. She I, went like full on like go, emotional I trauma she hadn't dealt to, with. I could go with something I always wanted to say to somebody, but I never said. Yeah, <laughs> with being offensive, being angry, being all sorts of places actually. Yeah, there's like loads of different places you can go with it. But she just, I just think for her, when when she read that you know that like initial thought or memory that pops up was a really like brutal one that she hadn't dealt with right um so you know like i think personally for her you know it was going to take a lot more than drawing a postcard and then what happens what happens if she drew that postcard and she wrote what she wanted to write does she then open a whole new like can of worms Mm. for her to deal with that she maybe didn't want to deal with and i am I did like for her, I did say like, just don't just miss them out because the process of it, and I did do it on purpose, like the order of the techniques was at the beginning, it's quite hard. It's like draw an emotion wheel and draw the postcard you'll never send. And mm-hmm. all of these kind of things that really make you process maybe some of the deeper or the kind of darker emotions. But then when you're in like your last week, it is things like draw yourself as a superhero, mm-hmm. draw your safe space, like, mm-hmm 
find all the happy emotions that you process and start to realize that you have a bad day but there's still snippets of kind of more positive things um but she kind of i think just hit that point that she was so worried she was going to be thinking that in your ethical considerations you must have considered the potential for this to trigger things yeah so did you what did it go to the university then for sort of ethical consideration yeah so i had to send an ethics form to the university um in terms of like within the institution we have a excellent counseling service and we are given a lot of support of members of staff for that kind of thing and um we have like a really for me personally or my own depiction of it our senior leadership team is very understanding and our principals really great with that kind of stuff so um mm. within the institution i knew the support was there um and i just made it extremely clear to people you know as soon as you feel uncomfortable you can go like i'm never going to try and force you to do something that you don't want to do um but it was such like a minor amount of people like it was really only this one member of staff that yeah. kind of came away with those feelings of like what if it kind of opens this new can of worms um but that, that may be in part some people's motivations to want to participate in such a study as well so it's a bit you know um I, I, we should say that people can get a copy of this from you can't they they can so they can get a copy of um the uh the booklet if you want to try the booklet for three weeks um i can also send over the pdf um books that i made so every project that i've done over the last two years i've produced into a publication and i know people can't see them but i'm going to show you them um so i can send over the pdfs and i have um quite a few people over the last couple of weeks have started reading them and looking into them so i'm yeah just find me on twitter nice thank you um okay so uh what would you round you got to the end of the study what would you say your kind of I think findings is the wrong word, but having done that, carried out that study with those staff in your college, you know, what were you saying back to the college about what could happen or, you know, what were the, the results or the impact of it? Um, in terms of kind of, I guess, the impact is just fundamentally like art helps and creativity helps. And I think especially in like COVID times, like where we are right now, I mean, the interviews that I've been doing over the last couple of the last month or so really um, with staff is like, I think maybe 90% of the people I interviewed have all started doing crochet. <laughs> yeah. That's, it has been a boom. Yeah. Like, and or people have turned to writing, poetry, photography, going on walks and taking photographs and, you know, all of that fundamentally is creativity and you might be some, like unconsciously doing it. Or unconsciously doing it to support your mental well-being but it does help and it's such a simple thing to do it doesn't have to be doing um these techniques that i kind of came up with it it could be that you say right every day i'm going to go on a walk and take a picture yeah and find like the nicest scene that i can find to take a picture and that's going to promote your mental well-being in some way and also just around like not necessarily in terms of like the impact of mental health but the simplicity of doing something in terms of research like if i or when i should i say um like look at branching this out into different institutions you know i'm not asking people to give me thousands of pounds worth of funding because it's creativity and everyone whether it be music or poetry or writing kind of has their own personal way of using creativity mm -hmm. and 
you know, ultimately it's allowing your staff or students to focus on a more positive mental well-being, or at least look at strategies on how they can without spending thousands of pounds that we don't have. Like this is not a funding implication. Like I'm not going to have to sit in your college with your principal and say, well, you need to spend ten thousand pounds on this. Like you're printing out a booklet for somebody to draw in. It's not like um something that is impossible and i think that's the kind of main theme for me that came out of it was like simplicity and art helps and people don't realize that they're being creative when they're being creative and people don't realize that what they're doing is support in turn supporting their mental well-being and then like for me personally um especially like given the title of my final project and stuff like that which is quite a running theme i think for me at the moment is actually how one person can kind of make such a huge impact on education because when I started this my MA like I wasn't on Twitter I didn't have any of this kind of stuff that I have now and I never thought for a second that I'd be like sat here with you guys presenting this like getting my work published being in magazines like presenting research at conferences like you don't realize how something so simple can have such a big impact Um, and ultimately is that thing of like one person can change the world and whether it be through creativity or art or art therapy or all these different things, you know, like in turn, giving people a more positive mental well-being is going to have such a huge impact on education, like with more people wanting to research and more people wanting to kind of spend time and having like a more positive classroom environment. Like all that's going to do is keep bouncing for change and keep making genuine change across more than just mental health. It could make genuine change in so many different areas of education. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a slightly different question now, because um, obviously you are a versatilistic form like myself. There's, only, there's not that many of us left anymore. <laughs> um, I'm interested to know how teacher research is viewed within the college. My college? Mm. Um, it's kind of a new thing for us is the best thing I can say. Um, Some people started doing as like CPD and events journal clubs last year, um, but that was the first. Right, so so tentative beginnings about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even like my research, obviously my principal had to sign off on me being able to do the research from the college with students especially, but also with staff. and I guess, obviously, just the timings of things finishing and things that are going on, I haven't been able to wide or have a conversation about more wider implementation in the college. But ultimately, um, like the form was signed and it's never been asked about again. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that, that, that will be very similar in, in lots of places. I mean, there are some six forms that have got, uh, I mean, we interviewed Suffolk one. Well, I think they call themselves one college, but they're in Suffolk. Um, and they have a raft of research mentors in their sixth form. So there's real, real variation. So that's why, you know, I was just interested in, in, in asking, really. Right, that's enough questions from me. I'm going to hand over to Alistair. Thank you very much, Joe. Um, you did take my first question, though, on that, that last time round. I was like, ooh. Fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, actually, I'm really interested, Jen. <laughs> look, I'm getting the look off, Joe. People can't see that. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested to know, Jen, because you, you've said 
obviously the, the research you've done has had an impact on um, a lot of the people that you've worked with. But I'm wondering what the process of researching um, has, has had an impact on you. You know, has it changed much about you or the way that you're working um, and the way that you're um, kind of, I suppose, looking after your own mental health as part of, of that as well? Yeah, I think um, certainly in the recent months in COVID times and in the inverted commas new normal, um, it's kind of allowed me to start to give a lot more to my teaching um i think as part of it certainly you know it was very easy for me to hand out all these booklets to members of staff and not actually do it myself um and i kind of did like i i my first ever project of my ma was um a self-study where i did a similar thing but I personally, over a two week period, did an illustration every hour of every day while I was awake um, for like five minutes. Even like if I was in a classroom, I would just like be like, oh, right, guys, independent work for five minutes. Let me just do this. Um, and that had a really, really positive impact. Um, and certainly in kind of, yeah, COVID times, like I've started up my freelance business again and um, doing a lot more kind of personal illustration work, which has made me feel a lot more positive and has really kind of powered me through some struggles that we all have as educators while we're all stuck at home. Um, I do feel like it's given me like a more positive well-being. And also in terms of like my relationships with my students, I've always had really positive relationships with my students, but also like my mental health is something that is quite prevalent in my classroom, not in like a negative way, but they know when I'm in a bad mood. And I was really conscious of what impact that could necessarily have on my students. So I found kind of seeing the impact this has had on other people has helped me to understand that um, at times I do need to work on my own mental health and I need to be kind of very aware of what impact that has on my students. You know, some of them do say to me, like some days, like we walk in and we're terrified to even put our hand up if you're in like a bad mood. <laughs> like, and I know that I need to work on that on a personal level. And I don't think I would have been able to reflect on that had I not done these studies. Um, and I think certainly in the last month or so doing interviews with other members of staff and them telling me their story has made me think quite heavily about my own story in education and actually how important that is. Um, so part of the project I'm doing now is to like, I'm writing my own kind of personal story of mental health and education to be able to process them emotions and be able to start to think about how I do it myself and what I do myself rather than just, I guess, as I say, kind of dissociating from what I'm trying to help other people with. Um, Cause it's very easy for me to help everyone else and not consider myself. <laughs> So very much a kind of multi-purpose outcome of that, really. You know, it's it's helping others, but but certainly helping yourself as well, which I think is great. Just kind of moving a little bit away from the topic of the research, really. But but obviously, it's been quite a journey while you've been doing that. So on reflection of that process, is there kind of anything that you could offer as advice for any other um, researchers, or certainly people starting out in research that might might help them or perhaps even help them reflect on their own mental health while they go through that because I know we've heard from um, a few researchers and we were discussing earlier on today about writing um, 
that actually there can be quite a lot of ups and downs in the process of research. So I guess it, it could be useful there as well. Is there any kind of advice that you could give? Um, I think you just have to take the plunge. I mean, for me, like, like initial plunge and the initial thing that kind of maybe gave me the push was um, I went to the first ever set conference and they asked people if they were interested in being an intuition magazine to write their research on a piece of paper and hand it in. And I, like hundreds of people must have handed these pieces of paper in. And I did, and they got in contact with me and I ended up being in the intuition research supplement in like my first term of university. Um, and then Lou Mycroft got in contact with me and was like, you need to go on Twitter. And I was like, oh God, I really don't like Twitter, it's okay. Um, and kind of like, I think, I think that is the big thing though, like, nobody like I joke with my friends and my friends always joke with me about the fact that when you find me on Twitter it's just education everywhere and there's nothing else like there's no personal Twitter anywhere um but around like how much that collaboration helps you know everyone that I've met on Twitter and everyone that I've kind of had these conversations with whether it be about their research or my research has always just been so supportive. Like nobody's in a situation where they want to be against anyone else. Like everyone wants to help everyone else and everyone will take the time and give you the time. And I wouldn't have got on, I don't think I would have got on to the um, IPDA conference that I presented at, all of these different things if I hadn't have been given that support off Twitter. And I think you've just got to go. Sam said it earlier today in the FE research meet around, like there's going to be knockbacks and people are going to reject you and like you could send an article off to test and they could say no or they could say yes and that's the thing like if you don't send it how are they going to say yes to you so take the plunge and just do what you think is right because for me that first kind of writing on a piece of paper and handing a piece of paper I walked out of that conference and I was like well I'm never going to hear anything and then I was like, two months later, I sat on a Zoom call with a guy having a conversation about my research. And it was so early on in my master's and I had like none of the literature or the kind of knowledge that I have now. And they were still so interested in what I was doing. So even something tiny could be worth quite a lot, I think, in FE. But because in FE, like we have so little, I guess, or we're not given a lot, like, everyone else is just out to support everyone else and you the work the worst thing you can do is go it alone as sam jones said that the last week as well <laughs> like the worst thing you can do is just go it alone like you have to find those connections with other people in fa because we will support everyone no matter what i think is a really kind of just go for it and get on twitter <laughs> Yeah. Well, you perfectly answered my next question in answering that, that, that one as well, which is about the kind of um, the wider research community. But you've mentioned Twitter a few times, but um, it might be worth you just mentioning your Twitter handle as well so people can find you. Um, it's J-N-F-R-L-I-N-S-D-E-L-L. So it is Jennifer Linsdale, which is my name, but without any vowels and then my surname is normal. It's probably the worst Twitter handle I could have ever came up with. But, but it's OK. People can find you now. That's the most people important part. find me. <laughs> I'm generally creeping around Joe and retweeting a lot of what she does. So, um, and I think it's kind of it's always interesting. We ask people as well if they've got any kind of um, other top tips that they could pass on to researchers. And I know you said about 
doing doing and just kind of getting on but um is there anything um that you might not have mentioned so far that would be a top tip to anyone wanting to have a go at research don't be scared to research anything i think my own personal reflection about the last two years is i know there is a huge gap in further education and the connections to mental health but ultimately like i felt like i was going to do the research for two years walk away from my masters and it would probably never be thought about again but instead like i'm in this kind of community of presenting and conferences and colleges and schools i mean one of my friends is a mental health lead in a primary school and she's now implementing it with her staff and there's another college i've spoke to who are trialing it in september and the work that i've done and i think the most important thing is to not feel like what you're researching is not necessary um if you can't find research on it as well if you start researching and looking into things chances are it should be in fe it's just not there because we can't fund it or nobody's looked at it yet or nobody has time to look at it <laughs> so whether it's a focus on like tla or mental health or what a classroom looks like or the color of a board like if it's going to help your classroom and your teaching and your students it could make a huge impact across not only your institution but other institutions within fe and just do what you think is right because I, I really believe that in our kind of area and our institutions, the basis of, which is why the, the research meets have started and why all of this has grown, I think, is because we know that we aren't given enough. So as teachers, we want to make the changes and we're going to make the changes and we will stabilise FE without anyone else. <laughs> One person changing the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So... That leads us nicely on to uh, what's next for you, Jen? What, what's, what's in the pipeline? Well, my final project is handed in in like three weeks. Um, and then formally, I've like finished my master's. Um, I am spending this year, I hope, um, just trying to get my research out there a little bit more, get, public, um, get published and all of those different things and start to plan to hopefully do my PhD in a year um, and focus on the implementation of my work across institutions um, and then also how we can adapt it into primary, secondary and higher ed so it becomes like a fundamental thing within education and also kind of push for that um, kind of our education activism and make people realise that maybe the work that they're doing unconsciously is creativity and is something that needs to be within education absolutely yeah creative subjects are so important i had this conversation with an engineer recently um and uh he, he couldn't see the purpose and i pointed out to him that a certain mr dyson studied in an art school not an engineering school and he's quite wealthy um, so yeah let, let's push for the creative subjects um so i'll pass it over to joe and, and she can round off with you jen but thank you ever so much for that thank you jen that that's been a, a great tour through uh, the stuff <laughs> that you've been uh, looking at and i think you know people will be in touch and wanting to get copies of um, the booklet and things like that um so rounding things off we're going to say goodbye um so it's goodbye from me <laughs> it's goodbye from me as well jen thank you very much thank you very much thank you for having me 
You've been listening to the FE Research Podcast. You can follow the conversations on Twitter using the hashtag FE Research Podcast. Thanks for listening and hopefully you can join us again soon.